Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, you're listening to a special episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, where we talk to the director of David Bowie biopic Moonage Daydream, Brett Morgan. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies. Now, before we jump into our interview with Brett Morgan, let's just cover off who's who in the zoo. So, Moonage Daydream is a cinematic odyssey exploring David Bowie's creative, spiritual and musical journey. And it's written and directed by Brett Morgan, featuring archival footage of David Bowie, of course. Now, David Bowie, if you're living under a rock, was one of the most influential artists of our time. And we use the term artist in the truest sense of the word. He wasn't just a rock star, although that's what he's most recognised for. He was also an accomplished musician, actor, painter, videographer, filmmaker, and the list goes on. If there was an artistic pursuit, he was all over it. Definitely. Now, during the 70s, David Bowie broke barriers and pushed the limits as his flamboyant, androgynous onstage alter ego, Ziggy Stardust, and became an inspiring and uniting icon for people all over the world. Before sadly passing away from liver cancer in 2016, just two days after his 69th birthday. A huge loss for the world. There has never actually been a sanctioned biopic about Bowie, strangely. Until I know, until now. And award-winning documentary filmmaker Brett Morgan, who has previously given us Cobain Montage of Heck, which is about Kurt Cobain, Mm -hmm. and a documentary about the life and work of conservationist Jane Goodall, is the one to bring it to us. Mm. With that pedigree, some might say he's actually the ideal man to bring this biopic to us. But it isn't your average biopic 
biopic or even a linear documentary. It doesn't cover Bowie's life or upbringing or even his rise to stardom directly. It's more like an immersive kaleidoscope journey into Bowie's own mind, guided by narration from Bowie himself through never-before-seen footage and interviews. If that sounds intriguing to you, it is. <laughs> and it's hard to fully encapsulate what this experiential film is with words. But we sat down with Brett Morgan to better understand Moonage Daydream, its artistic journey to creation and Bowie's life and legacy overall. All right, so let's take a listen. It's what you do in life that's important. Not how much time you have. Thank you so much for talking to us about Moonage Daydream. I loved the film. It was a journey into David Bowie's mind. But why David Bowie? What does he mean to you? He means so much to so many people. Well, what he means to me now is quite different than when I started the film. Yeah. I, I liked his music. Mm. I, I avoid the word fan because it implies something fanatic. And I was not fanatical about mm. Bowie going into it. I admired his work and his music. And I thought I would make a film about his creative life. Sort of design and purpose of the film was to create a non-biographical, non-fiction film. So I had that idea before I had Bowie. And I was going to go down the road with the Beatles and do something. And then Bowie passed. And he seemed to really lend himself to the endeavor that I wanted to explore. I'd arrived at after working on biographical nonfiction for 20 years and just felt that we don't need to go to the cinema to learn facts about the A through Z of an artist's life. Books are probably better served for that and you get a mm. much more comprehensive review of someone's achievements and day-to-day -day actions. And what I was interested in was something that was more mysterious, less defined. Mm. Oh, Bowie works perfectly for that sort of endeavor. I went into it looking for the artist and I came away with a deeper appreciation for philosophies and approach to life. Became a kind of roadmap to how to lead a successful and fulfilling life in the age of chaos and fragmentation, which was not something I anticipated going into the project. I think that's what I loved the most about it, that it wasn't biographical, that it was more a journey into his mind rather than just this is his life and how it went. But he was such a prolific creator. There must have been just a wealth of material for you to go through. Where did you even begin? Well, there was a lot of repetition. Of all the material, probably 95% are performances. Those are kind of inspiring and exhausting to go through, especially towards the more recent years where there would just be a plethora of footage. At a certain point, I recognized that it, it needed to have more of a through line than I anticipated. When this idea of an IMAX music experience was launched, I was anticipating the films to be about 40 minutes in length. And that was about as long as I thought someone could endure a nonlinear experience. Bowie took on a life of its own, and as it started to emerge, I found a through line related to chaos and fragmentation and transience that Bowie declared as his through line that would allow me to have a narrative but not 
be rooted to kind of a chronology. What stood out to me, I mean, we all think we know who David Bowie is because he's famous and because we know his music so well. But what really stood out to me from the documentary was what a great love of life he had. And I found that really beautiful. Was there anything that surprised you to learn as you were going on this journey? Everything really, because prior to going into this, I just knew the music and I, knew, I only knew some of the music. So everything was a reveal, everything was exciting. I was by myself without a table of contents, so I never knew what I was going to encounter day by day. And again, it was his generosity and his presence that wasn't prepared for. You know, I think David is often considered to be quite cold and icy and aloof, mm. and I found anything but that for the most part. Why did you choose Munich Daydream as the title? The film was called Bowie, in quotations, for the longest time. And the idea of that was that Bowie can't be defined, but he can be experienced. And the idea of putting it in quotations, to me, was a sort of code and way to signify to the audience that it's not about David Jones. It's about this myth of Bowie. Mm. Um, and that's what the film would serve. But then even that, putting quotations around it, I felt would be misleading and it would seem to be definitive, which I, I had mm. no interest in doing. So I called it Moon Age Daydream once it was completed because as I look at the film as it exists today, that I don't know what Moon Age Daydream means. And I may not know what the film means. It's just the way that <laughs> I sort of view the film. Yeah. Well, there's a bit in that song, I guess, that describes Ziggy as a bisexual alien rock superstar who will save the earth. And I just thought that encompasses Bowie perfectly. Yeah. Doesn't uh, it? Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> rock stars and musicians have always been put up on pedestals as, as godlike, mm. um, especially in the days before social media when Bowie was really prolific. Do you see him as akin to a god of the music well, industry? Well, he did. Uh, with, I mean, that's very early in the film. He discusses that, yeah. how him and Jagger and Lennon are the new gods that they're not real, they're just fantasies. And so that obviously served as a huge reference point and catalyst that Bowie was even discussing that mm. and embracing that at the start of his career. And so that certainly provided me with, I think, license to approach his work in through the lens of myth rather than biography. Mm. There's a school of thought or fantasy really that he's not of this earth. Mm. Do you think that was just a really clever strategy on his part or something that just grew up around him? Well, having viewed every frame in existence, it's hard to imagine that he is from this earth because he was so sensitive to frequencies and transmissions and currencies that were happening around us that we can't really access. He was intuitive like a great artist can, which they can timestamp, mm. almost like cultural anthropologists, the world we're living in, and it may not make sense for decades. You briefly touch on his concerns about his own mental health very briefly, and there's a school of thought also that he may have been neurodivergent due to his hyperfixation on tasks and things like that. Do you think that's why people connected so strongly with him, because they recognised something in him that wasn't really legitimised at the time? No, I think they connect with him because they recognize themselves. Yeah. I think that Bowie is a mirror that reflects back to the audience whatever it is that they want to see and hear and experience, which is why everyone sort of has their own Bowie. Mm. He was a vessel and he created himself as such. He presented himself to the audience 
in a way that was ill-defined and open to interpretation. So that was very conscious. There was an interview Mick Rock gave me before he passed that he conducted with David backstage in a dressing room in 72, right on the eve of Ziggy Stardust. And he said, David, so I understand you have this album coming out, Ziggy Stardust. It's like a space age concept album. And David said, no, nah, man, it's, it's, it, I just say Moonbeam and Raygun in like one or two songs and that's it. They're gonna fill in the blanks. They're gonna make up this whole thing. And that's Bowie. So he consciously put in a few little crumbs to mm. invite us to fill in the blank where I think that worked in a larger scale is that throughout his career, his songs bring people together and you're gonna have five different interpretations of nearly any song, including Let's Dance. By keeping things that ill-defined, again, it invites us to fill in the blanks. And that is very much how the film was constructed, right. to invite the audience to fill in the blank, to go to a movie ostensibly to learn about David Bowie, but ultimately what they're really learning is hopefully something that resonates in their own day-to-day -day life. I love that the film felt like him. Mm. How did you bring his aura into uh, the film? In listening to, you know, coming into it sort of open to whatever messaging was going to be presented. And by employing Bowie's own creative techniques to create the film. So whether that was oblique strategies or embracing this idea of there's no mistakes, just happy accidents. The idea that there is no virtuosity, that it's all imperfectly yeah. perfect. These were lessons that were applicable to any faucet of one's life, but particularly for the creative process. And I found that by employing those tools, arriving about as close as I could to achieving a sort of personification of Bowie, in quotations, that it's not intended to be a film about the artist, but a film that actually is the artist. That's amazing. And there's never been a sanctioned documentary, if you will, about David Bowie before. How did you go about pitching his estate that you were the man for the job? This film arrived, I would say, on the latter part of my career. So I had a track record prior to making this that they felt comfortable with. I had met with David in 2007 to pitch him a, not this film, but a different hybrid nonfiction film. And his mm -hmm. executor, who was his manager at the time, was in that room. And I think David responded to my pitch then. When I called him in 2016 about doing the IMAX project, he said to me, you know, David has been saving everything. And for the past 20 years, has been working with an archivist, kind of building out the archives, but he didn't know what to do with this stuff. He never wanted to participate in a kind of traditional documentary. And then lo and behold, I come knocking on the door and was like, look, I just want your materials. I don't really want to explain much. And um, I'm not going to interview anyone or anything like that. And Bill seemed to think that it was simpatico with what David would be interested in. But what he said to me was he said, look, David's not here to authorize the film. It's never gonna be David Bowie on David Bowie. It will always be Brett Morgan on David Bowie, which was liberating for me in terms of that they weren't asking me to produce a specific truth for them to market about David. They were giving me basically the franchise and taking 
a huge risk because I had Final Cut that I wouldn't devalueize their legacy mm-hmm. or his legacy. But I think that was also in the spirit of Bowie, which is not to create a corporate studio-driven, notes-driven biopic, but to create really a sort of arts and crafts project, which is what it felt like I was making for the last seven years. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. I think I might leave it there. Thank you so much for your time. It was a really fantastic film, and I can't wait to watch it again. Thank you. I appreciate that. Life is fantastic. You know, I wasn't sure how I would feel going into this movie because it is long. It's <laughs> it's almost two and a half hours of, wow. of groovy, very artistic and visually striking viewing. But I was just fascinated by what a journey it was into Bowie's mind and learning things about the real man behind all these personas. I was really delighted by the fact that he was such a lover of life, Mm. which makes his untimely passing even sadder. All the sadder. Yeah. So talking to Morgan also made me realise there's no better filmmaker for this particular subject and the approach that he's taken here. Now, for me, I haven't seen the film yet, but I was completely enthralled by your conversation with Brett Morgan. Thank you. I found him – you're welcome. I (laughs) found him really intelligent and very clear on his vision and what he was trying to achieve and insight from viewers. Having this insight prior to seeing the film has set me up for a very different and informed viewing experience that I'm actually quite grateful of, and I'm looking forward to throwing it on and seeing it. Great. Make sure you do. Well, friends, Moonage Daydream will take Aussies on a cinematic journey from September 15. And that's it for this very special episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, where we talk to the writer and director of Moonage Daydream, Brett Morgan. And as always, friends, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. We have a website, popcornpodcast.com. Make sure you check it out. We've got all our episodes up there for you. If you'd like to get to know us a little better, there's an About Us section and we run ticket giveaways. So keep an eye on the website for more information. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.